Inherently Happy, episode 198, The Inherently Happy Way Field Test. I prepped for this field test in episode 197, and now we have the final results. But first the happy creed. We believe in happy, in balance and growth, of being mindful and grateful, compassionate and understanding. Yowza ha ha, my happy friends. Day one, 7.30, Monday morning. Driving the 60 miles to work for the first time in 444 days. You probably think I just picked that number, but I went through my old emails and I stopped going into the office on March 20th of last year, which also happens to be the anniversary date of the official founding of our film company, GravenImageFilms.com. And I didn't return to campus until June 7th of this year. And so I plugged those two dates into one of those online date calculators and it told me it's been 444 days since I've been there. And that is a long time after living in solitude to return to managing over 20,000 people over the course of four nine-hour days, including lunch, but not including the commute. And I was more than a tad phased, I can tell you. Happy don't fail me now. Lot of cars on the road. Lot of me first cars on the road. A challenge, these drivers. But technically, my first chance for the inherently happy way field test. So, let's test. Where is the balance or the growth in dealing with road hogs? Where is the mindfulness and the gratitude? Where's the compassion and the understanding? Let's start with the compassion. Road hogs are people too. They're people just like me, trying to get through their day just like me. In fact, they probably didn't even see me. So it's not like they headed out for me specifically. They were just so in their own worlds, no one else even existed. And that's why they were being jerks. But instead of worrying about them, I could just appreciate the lovely scenery of the drive instead. That's some of your mindfulness and gratitude right there. And keeping my breathing calm and my hands relaxed and being confident in the control I have of my own mental state, even in the face of such distractions. That's your good old-fashioned quality balance and growth right there. So, successful field test. I could go home right then after a job well done. But instead, I drove the whole way in, arriving a half hour late. Great! And the first three questions I received were, Where were you? Where were you? Where were you? And to each questioner, I replied, Stuck in traffic. There was an accident on the freeway. And each and every person said the same thing in reply. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Then why the hell did you ask? Is what I could have said. But instead, I'll just lump all three together as a single field test. Because they're people just like me trying to get through their day just like me. 
and not trying to attack me specifically for truancy when they already knew the reason for my tardiness. Whatever they're doing, they're just doing. They aren't doing it to me. But even that can be a way to field test the inherently happy way, maybe more so. I worked with a friend and colleague who I've known, worked, and socialized with over the course of several years. And she was mentioning a trip she was soon to be taking with some of her closest friends, one of whom is also a co-worker of ours. I mentioned her laughing. Oh, he hates me. And I know why. Like when people say, ah, I hate that guy. He knows why. I actually did. See, I explained, he used to approve the time cards of several student interns, after which point I could sign off on them. But I can't do my job until he does his first. It's one of the hells of consecutive tasks, which are dependent upon the preparatory efforts of others. I can't do my job before him. I can only do it after him. And every, every time I tried to find him or ask him to do it, he'd mysteriously never be around until his supervisor had to do it for him, which I'm sure didn't go down any better. And even when I did reach him, his reply usually was, what did I do wrong this time? To which I'd say, do I only call with bad news? Pretty much seems that way. Well, maybe if you actually did your work, I'd think to myself, then I wouldn't have to keep trying to reach you. I even sent out reminders to everyone days earlier with cute little poems. I used to even add a cartoon until that was deemed inappropriate for work thanks to my posting pictures of my car crash one time that I miraculously survived with barely a scratch. So a total success story, but apparently triggering to two separate individuals out of a mailing list of over 500. And yet, even with my courteous and creative reminders, still people, like him, couldn't be bothered to approve their time cards that they were responsible for. I had a hard deadline, however, and a very determined supervisor repeatedly asked me if I was done yet. My emails remained professional always, but may have ventured into stringently worded territory from time to time as the situation demanded. Well, this co-worker must not have cared for that too much. Didn't care to be told that he wasn't doing his job. We didn't even want to do that job in the first place. Not my fault, of course, but try telling him that. Well, his interns eventually graduated, and so he no longer had student time cards to avoid approving anymore. And I was glad I didn't have to constantly hound him into doing his damn job. Well, about a year and a half went by, and he finally got a new job, one that he actually liked within our same division, just a different department. I hadn't seen him in all that time, so I welcomed him to the floor, chatted with him pleasantly in his new cubicle, and then went about my day, content in the fact that all was well. Later that week, they took him around to meet everyone on the floor and eventually came to my little corner. 
we know each other already, I said pleasantly when they arrived. To which he added, yes, and since I don't have student interns, I don't have to get your passive-aggressive emails anymore. Nice and loud for all to hear. Well, I was stunned and displeased, I can tell you. But wasted no time in replying, that's right, only active aggression from now on. They laughed and departed to finish their tour. That there, kids, is somebody who hates me. Maybe he was just trying to be funny, you say. If you can't see the sheer spite baked into a public comment a year and a half in the making, then perhaps it is not I who is misinterpreting it. All of this I related to my colleague about her bestie. But she felt that if that were the case, she definitely would have heard about it, and that now she would have to ask him. But I already see a problem there. He held a grudge for a long time. And yes, it's also been a long time since that unpleasant cubicle tour. And so while it is possible he no longer holds a grudge, in all likelihood he still retains some remnants of it. In for a year, in for two. And if that does turn out to be the case, how will I ever know it? Like, if he asks her not to mention it to me, Who's she going to be loyal to? Why, him, of course. Oh, yeah, I hate him, but don't tell him that. So then she'd be forced to lie to me or simply never follow up. Or maybe he'll say, yeah, I hate him. He knows why, and I most certainly do. Thing is, I don't hate him. Never did. I just found it supremely annoying that he made so much extra work for me and got my supervisor breathing down my neck like it was my fault or something. I already provided the carrot in the form of my creative reminders, but eventually had to resort to the stick when the hard deadline kept approaching. And hate is a very strong mindset, and you have to commit to it fully. And I just can't really apply it unless it is fully deserved. It's a form of social and mental capital punishment where you feel justified in attacking the person. And isn't there already enough fighting in the world as it is? I used to hate the bullies I had at school and the bullies I had at home, but I pivoted that to merely hating bullying behavior and not the people themselves, as they too may be victims playing out a scenario that had been played out upon them. And I can break the cycle by not trying to justify my own poor behavior because of theirs. Apparently, however, I hadn't pivoted fully during the time this fellow and I worked together, but I have certainly become more mindful of my tone ever since. Luckily, I don't have the same supervisor anymore, and so I can afford to relax a little, and I even implemented a new soft deadline a day earlier from the real one, to give people even more time to comply and remove a great deal of the last-minute panic-scrambling crunch. And it has made all the difference, something I never would have considered if not for his very valuable, if uncomfortable, feedback. That's gratitude and growth right there, kids. So if I could speak to him now, I'd say, hate me all you like, but I have changed since, and it's partly thanks to you. There's always a lesson to be learned, 
even if sometimes it's a hard one. The rest of the week was filled with some pleasant people and some rather uncooperative ones, from attempted great cat gate-crashing line jumpers to anti-maskers who had every reason under the sun why they couldn't, wouldn't, or shouldn't have to wear a mask for the five minutes they would be in line waiting to get their pictures taken. Having to say the same instructions over and over that moved from, don't forget your masks, which sometimes resulted in them just holding them up in their hands like, yep, got it right here, to... Please keep your masks on until you get to the stage for pictures. You're only about five minutes away. And congratulations. Ending with the congratulations is the carrot after the stick and seemed to work best. I even added a little humor to help the medicine go down. And once you're done, you can go down the hill by the lagoon with all the other free-range graduates. They apparently liked that joke so much that they kept repeating it up the line until the organizers heard about it and eventually told me so. I am, available for, I am available for parties, I told them. The days were long and exhausting, and while I was thankfully positioned under a tree, I still managed to get a sunburn from the reflection off the sidewalk on the few inches of exposed skin on my neck and face, not covered by my hat or mask. Oi! Oi with the oi! The more annoying thing about that was that I always carry sunblock with me. I just didn't think I'd need it, what with being in the shade and all. But after that first day, I proceeded to slather the sunblock on. I even eventually wore my long hair down to protect my neck further. And I still had work piling up that I tried to do on my phone, but never had enough time for. Friday was therefore a catch-up day. Back to being remote once more, grad walk, all said and done. Friday was also the day I managed to get a stomach bug somehow, despite being just short of wearing a hazmat suit with my hat, mask, gloves, and long sleeve shirt. But the field testing needed to end with a flourish, I suppose, so I shouldn't be too surprised or ungrateful. Because I think it held up. Sure, I had moments of displeasure and even bouts of ire and frustration, but I let them be processed in their due course knowing that they would eventually end and I would have some good examples of how one can effectively use the inherently happy way as a useful method to practice compassion, understanding, mindfulness, and gratitude, and by so doing, move a little closer to a life where balance and growth are commonplace and predictable. And when you get to that point, then you can laugh a little and be amazed that you did it and can keep doing it as needed by saying with me, ha ha, yowza. <laughs>